0: Rockford, Alice, Phil's Plumbing. We're still jammed up on a job, so we won't be able to make your place. Use the bathroom at the restaurant one more night.
1: Welcome to Two Hundred a Day, the podcast where we talk about the seventies television detective show, The Rockford Files. I'm Nathan Poletta.
2: and I'm Epydia
1: Rebeschon, and we are we are coming to you today with a uh, with with the next step in our journey through the directorial work of Ivan Dixon. And also a accidental thematic pair with our last episode uh, (laughs) in terms of the antagonists that we will be dealing with at least.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Season five, episode seven, three day affair with a 30 day escrow.
2: Classic, classic Rockford title.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So this is in season five. And like, this is a real season five title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like the season one titles are all like, you know say farewell to jennifer and
2: (laughs) yeah they're very like dark noir things and like later on they're like how do we juxtapose the most mundane crime Mm. (laughs) with with, uh with something else
1: again we're we're not quite through the whole body of work but we're almost there with ivan dixon and again this Mm -hmm. one has some fun directorial flourishes uh some interesting choices i think uh in terms of transition, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. and we get to indulge in a helicopter, which is nice.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wait, what helicopter? Oh, right. Yes. Yes. It is indulgent.
1: <laughs> uh, and this episode is written by David chase. Um, pretty chasey, pretty mm-hmm. chasey. Yeah. I guess I was thinking about it afterwards cause it doesn't really have mob stuff. And so that's like one of my go to like, Oh, that's, it's a very David chase episode. There's the mob, but it does have the, uh, Central kind of like antagonist slash foil, you know, episode character as opposed to series character, who has this like weird psychological turmoil.
2: Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The um, you're talking about uh, Sean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sean is a a, and, yeah, uh, a foil of some sort. Yeah, yes.
1: This one also has a like low key star studded cast, may not star studded, low key lots of guest stars of the era cast. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun. Um, we do have a top of the episode, not even really content warning, more content note. I guess.
2: Sure. Yeah, the main villain in this is a Arabic culture like i I, like (laughs) uh i don't know if they even say exactly where they're they're from
1: they mentioned exactly once because i was looking for it i was like are they even because so i think we talked about this in the last episode as well but i associate this very much with the 70s this trope of the middle eastern kingdoms coming to america and the how that like creates strife but specifically they say that they're i think I think, uh, I forget where it is. It's it, it's very brief in passing, but they're from the Arab Democratic Republic. Okay. I mean, I guess it's better than making up some, like, Arabic-sounding words for the name right, of right. their country. but
2: uh, Oh, it exists. It doesn't exist. Oh. Uh, it's not called that now. It's the Sawari. Uh, I just wanted to make sure. It's in the Western Sahara. Oh, okay. It's also known as the Sawari. Su- so, Sawari. so, Ra- so, 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 I don't, I'm not gonna, uh, or the Western Sahara. So, it is just south of Morocco. Hmm. I mean, that is a Arab Democratic Republic. I don't yeah. know.
1: It looks like it is a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. It's a partially recognized state that's kind of a breakaway state from Morocco. Okay. Well, well, well I can't, we're,
2: we're not equipped. We don't need to litigate this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I okay, so I take that back. Though it does sound very generic. um, Just looking at the Wikipedia, apparently it was it was a Spanish colony that became its own republic in 1976, but is a disputed territory with Morocco. All right. All right. So it's 1978. This could be a reference to the newly created Arab Democratic Republic, uh, or it could also not be. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think the warning here is that first of all, there uh, it doesn't seem to—they don't seem to be using uh, any Arabic actors to play Arabic characters right. in this. Yeah. And second of all, it deals with some some pretty touchy subjects. Uh, and we personally are not equipped to say whether it does that well or not. Yeah. Right? Like, Yeah. It's um, very
1: it's a very TV drama level of it. It's not like it's not like an educational situation or trying to get into the weeds on the history or anything. It's very much like there's even a line to that effect of like, well, that's your culture, but you're here now. Right. Right. And so, yeah. you
2: know, I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, like, fundamentally, we're just, you and I are not going to be able to decide. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah, we're we're not in a position to say how well it treats this particular uh, interpretation of a culture. Yeah, this sort yeah. of topics. It does stick out. There, Like, maybe there's one, now again, just based on actors' names, so that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean anything. But there seems to be a low proportion of any of um, Middle Eastern actors being cast in these roles. And it's very TV drama, othered kind of like accents and stuff like that. Yeah. So it seems to me like something uh, very of its time.
2: Exactly. That said.
1: That said, <laughs> there is a lot of real Rockfordishness. Yes. So, <laughs> so that so that uh, we get to look forward to. A lot of
2: real Rockfordishness. It does a thing that we... We've seen, I mean, obviously other times in Rockford Files, but like I really like seeing different parties with different interests and different goals Mm. all pulling at each other and how that affects the situation. Mm -hmm. As as the audience, we're usually almost entirely in Rockford's court. So we're just like, he's the sun around which all of these things are revolving in their circles within circles kind of thing. But uh, in general, I, I just... You know, uh, I guess we'll get to it. When we get to it, but I like seeing how <laughs> Sean's concerns and what he does yeah. causes problems, and yeah,
1: yeah, totally. And also, I just edited, I just edited uh, the episode, the recent episode we did with Lieutenant Deal, where we mm. hadn't seen Deal for a while, and now we get to see this is a real Chapman episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it was having that one fresh in my mind it was kind of nice. I'm like, ooh, now we get Chapman. Then I realized we have an episode in between that I think has neither of them. So it is yeah. not a back to back. But uh yeah, it's it's fun.
2: Yeah, that's my opening montage starts with Chapman. Yeah, same. Chapman.
1: <laughs> so we should probably get right into that. I guess my only other thing before we get into the preview montage is that this was an episode where I was doing my notes a little bit uh after some fairly full days so i wasn't in my full investigatory note frame of (laughs) mind uh i was a little more in my all right let's get through this (laughs) not in a (laughs) negative way but like there's lots of conversation the Mm. david chase episode there's lots of talking (laughs) and there's (laughs) a lot of dense information carried Mm. in the dialogue so trying to keep track of that stuff there were some things where i was just like who's that character? What's their name? And I just did not go back. I I try to make sure I know everyone's name so I can talk about Mm -hmm. it, you know, smoothly while we, while we do the episode. But in this case, I think there's lots of little places where I'm like, and I just didn't take a note about that. So (laughs) be aware. Um, But yeah, that all said preview montage. Obviously we both start off with
2: Chapman. Chapman. (laughs) Uh, Good fire hose action. Great fire hose action. Uh, There's a a few good lines in there. Uh, One that stands out as just like a good opening or preview montage line is I am already dead because it just sets the tone there uh, as far as or it sets the stakes in a good way. Uh Uh, A lot of this uh, preview montage is telling us exactly what we just told you about... There's gonna, there might be yeah. some insensitive things coming up. <laughs> we're
1: we're hearing accents. We're seeing uh, lots of men in cafes, in yeah. various styles and with facial hair,
2: uh, and th- that's basically it. I I think I noted somewhere while we we're doing it, there was a moment in the. It was this may be a first for 200 today, but there's a moment in, in while we're uh, going through it where. I was like why wasn't this in the preview montage? Huh. This just feels like a good we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But like I, this is the first time I had a moment where I was like, huh, I, I would have done this. I would have done that a little differently.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to hear what that is. Now that you say it, there's like two or three things where I'm like that could probably have been in the preview montage. So, mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear what one stood out to you. 200 Today is a 100% listener-supported show, thanks to our patrons. In addition to our gratitude and editing access to the 200 Files File Spreadsheet, patrons receive exclusive episode previews and plus expenses. Our bonus just-chatting podcast about media, work, and life. An episode of that comes out before every episode of 200 Today. On top of that, every episode we say thanks to the gumshoe-level patrons supporting this episode. Brian Bernson has a Facebook page where he drives his Rockford tribute car to shooting locations from the show. Check out facebook.com slash Brian Rockford Files. Join Mitch Hampton to examine all matters aesthetic and what it means to be human at the Journey of an Esthete podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Paul Townend recommends the podcast Fruit Loops, Serial Killers of Color at fruitloopspod.com. Dale Norwood wrote a book, Find Trading Freedom, How Trade with China to Find Early America, Wherever Good Books Are Sold, published by the University of Chicago Press. Chuck Zufel's one-shot comic Sherlock Holmes and the Wonderland Conundrum is available at whatyourreadingpress.com. Shane Liebling, you know his site roll dot Party, has all of your online dice-rolling needs. Jay Adan, who showcases amazing miniature painting skills over at Jayadon.com. Andre Apidnani, Tom Clancy, Pumpkin Jabba Beach Pug, Dave P, Dave Otterson, Kip Hawley, Dale Church, Colleen Kelly, and David Nixon. And finally, special appreciation for the extraordinary support from our detective-level patrons. Joe Greathead, Michael Zalisco, Eric Antenor, Brian Pereira, Jordan Bockelman, Not Brockelman), Bill Anderson, and of course, Richard Haddam. If you're interested in keeping us going for as little as $1 an episode, check out patreon.com slash 200 a day to see if becoming a patron is right for you. So we start our episode with our titles right over a, again, telling us what, right, what we're in for. Wasn't yeah. quite sure how to phrase this, like a, like a Middle Eastern melody kind of thing.
2: Yeah, like the music is meant to invoke something Middle Eastern, whether it's actually from the Middle East, like everything else in this. (laughs) And then there's the jazz blues guitar over top of it.
1: Which I think is great. Like it's a really, like the transition is, is really nice. Um, this is not an objectionable thing. I just thought it was like, OK, this the, the episode is like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like this is what this one's
2: about. The the music here is is my second favorite thing about this scene, <laughs> which is saying a lot, considering what my first favorite mm, thing is.
1: Ooh, I can't wait to hear that, too. <laughs> this scene is a great example of what in our business we might call a bang, um, mm-hmm. a a narrative device to just to, to start things off with a proverbial bang. Mm-hmm. To, to push our protagonist directly into action and that is jim in his night robe being yes. hustled out of a car by uh two goons into a hotel so we're starting post abduction
2: yeah <laughs>
1: like let's get all that out of the way get right to the good stuff
2: that's that's my favorite bit about this like i think we first see him from like a little bit of a distance and i'm like is he wearing a bathrobe like what they it's just it's a beautiful moment of like yep this is jim in trouble i
1: i feel like there has to have been an episode with a with with something that starts kind of in it's also you know kind of in media res right like Mm -hmm. kind of similar but i can't bring it to mind um it seems like something that would have happened by now so it's kind of fun right to to see it like happen it's like oh okay obviously this is how an episode of the rockford Files starts it could be any episode Mm -hmm. but it happens to be this one As we soon learn, it's three in the morning, and he's been Mm -hmm. rousted out of bed at gunpoint at the behest of um, Talib, who is our patriarch of this family from from the Middle East. Um, Talib is played by Gilbert Green, our final Gilbert Green appearance. He famously also played the Elder Sylvan in Requiem for a Funny Box. Ah! And he was also the uh, trying-to-leave-the-mob-behind mob mob guy in Just a Couple of Guys. Yes. So a premiere that character from the... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) For our show, at least, uh, and in kind of a similar role here. An older man who chews the scenery and has some kind of weird familial obligation that he feels really bad about having to do, yes, but yes, he is lying on a couch he is we have a little bit of mention of something that his doctor wants, so I think we're we're meant to understand he's ill in some regard, right. This comes up at the end, but it's just kind of given a brief yeah, the, mention the
2: here. Lying on the couch is not opulent disregard for anything. He, he, he needs to be laying down. Like, yeah. he's 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 in ill health.
1: But Jim has been brought before him uh, because he worked for a man named Sean Innes some mm-hmm. weeks ago. There's a gag about not being able to pronounce Sean correctly, <laughs> which is like, yeah. okay. There's a, there's a two-pronged approach. The first approach is... One so there's a slimmer younger man in like a western style suit. Mm-hmm. There's some other kind of background goons, and then there's one main larger older man in glasses in suit and kefia and a gun. And he's yeah. the main goon, and I'm not you know, he he doesn't have any lines, but uh he's very threatening, which is uh yeah. comes up very soon. But our the younger man starts counting out bills in front of Jim and Jim protests that he's, he's just a small private PI and part of how he keeps his business, you know, going is his confidentiality, uh, right for client confidentiality. So that's when they call in the big, the big goon (laughs) who just launches himself out of a chair that was in another room. Like he was sitting in a chair in the dark (laughs) waiting to get called in, which is kind of funny. And he, he rolls in, comes behind Jim and just gives him this like nerve pinch on his neck (laughs) <laughs> which looks very uncomfortable. They have a bill that Jim wrote out for the three days of work he did for Sean, uh, on a missing persons gig. This bill is for $715. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there were some expenses.
2: Well, if he, if he made that money, we don't know that this is just the bill. This isn't his true true acknowledging right. he got paid, but No, yes. Th- I
1: feel like if he had not gotten paid, he would have brought it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's very
0: true.
1: Um, But Sean asked him to look for a woman named Kedra Aziz, who Sean had claimed uh, he had met while skiing. And then they got together and then she took off and ripped him off of a bunch of stuff, money and jewelry and, and, and stuff. So that's why he hired Jim to try and find her. Jim says that none of this is worth getting his neck broken over, which seems fair.
2: There's a little important point there where... They get offended that he's accusing her of stealing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he's like, I'm just reporting what I was told.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm just telling you what I was hired to do. Yeah. Um, so Sean thought she'd come back to LA. He looked around, he mentions like, you know, I talked to some people in the Arabic community, couldn't find her. The only thing I, I found was that she might've taken a plane to Nice and tell goes, she never arrived in Nice. Hmm. <laughs> This must be settled. The concerns here are unstated. We don't really know why yeah. they're concerned, what their relationship to her is, etc.
2: I also have to point out my favorite part of all this, which is the tennis video game. When, oh yeah. When, when Rockford first comes in. I had this game when I was a kid. Not on it. So it's uh it's like Pong, ice hockey, and tennis. It's just two paddles that go back and forth and you bounce the ball. It's the 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 most basic video game you can have. At it's home. like
1: a, but it's like the cat. It's like a table. It's like this full, yes yeah. freestanding table
2: version. So, yeah, the version yeah. I had was like probably from Sears and plugged into your TV. <laughs> what they either put plug that exact same thing into a TV and then wired it up to this table with little knobs on it, mm. or it it also came. But the table is like gold. <laughs> it's just this wonderful illustration of like these people are wealthy
1: right and they're at a hotel this isn't like a house yeah they're like in hotel rooms yeah fancy hotel
2: but a fancy hotel but you see this video game that like would run on a watch nowadays
1: (laughs) yeah that is that is a good little bit of business well our our threatening goon pulls Mm -hmm. his gun starts escorting jim to the door and jim in a wonderful mm. example of getting the drop on uh, yeah. some unsuspect some goons who think that he's been cowed suddenly turns shoves him into the guy next to him while mm-hmm. they're both stumbling over spins sucker punches the guy <laughs> on the other side of him runs out the door
2: my notes are good old-fashioned rockford drop mm-hmm. it's just Excu- is wonderful to see it executed so perfectly he runs
1: <laughs> down the hall quickly hauls out the fire hose and <laughs> we immediately get the sh- the shot from the preview montage where he turns the hose on the guys uh following him and literally hoses them down to make his escape
2: <laughs> wonderful
1: we crossfade from that to Jim trying to hitchhike <laughs> back home still in his night robe he has a great muttered like yeah, I wouldn't have pulled over either, lady. Like when, yeah. when a car just like goes by him. Uh, but a a car does pull up, and it is in fact a cop car. Jim starts saying he can explain. He just wants to lift home, and they turn on their lights. And we just this is all from kind of like a medium shot, so we can kind of see his body language. He just like turns and just like resignedly puts his hands up on the on the. On the, on the he's like, I know what's happening. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's good. It's a good, good gag.
1: And we cut from there to Becker, Jim in his robe, and Lieutenant Chapman coming in <laughs> Chapman's office. We again recently spoke about the difference between Deal and Chapman. Chapman is more personally affronted by Jim's existence, yeah. and uh, we get to see that here. Um, like it's four thirty in the morning, and now I have to deal with this Joker. <laughs> So Jim has given them the story. Mm -hmm. You know, I was abducted. These people are asking about this woman. Maybe she's in danger. Uh, Dennis is trying to defend Jim.
0: Why would Jim make this up? Let's look at this rationally. No, no, you look at it if you want to, Becca. It means entering the world of gonzo logic. Now, that's just some trip I don't want to take.
2: (laughs) So good.
1: And then says that Jim is just giving him the old woman in jeopardy routine. Uh, (laughs) And he thinks that Jim just got tossed out of some house in Bel Air. You know, isn't going to take Jim's complaint seriously. Mm -hmm. Ask Dennis how he gets suckered into these things. And before Dennis can reply,
2: never mind. And just slams the door. Just doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, it's good Chapman stuff. Only topped by what happens with Chapman later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We then go to Jim picking a lock underneath a very uh, helpfully labeled nameplate that says Sean Innes you know he wants to find out what is going on of course he goes into this apartment uh there's a couple of manuscripts that he flips mm-hmm. through uh two two titles one of them is Rimshot, which is fine and the other one is see my grave is kept clean which is yeah. <laughs> that's a good one
2: i'm all in i'd read it sean in mm-hmm. so there's an interesting thing about this where um I feel like they're saying something about writers, but I don't know what they're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And we'll, maybe we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As we learn more about Sean, Jim finds, I would call it a little black book, but it is a big black book. (laughs) It is a big one. (laughs) Uh, And we see him flipping through. There's all these entries of women's names and phone numbers and notes about like likes to go to dinner or, you know, whatever, like little, little uh, reminder notes.
2: For example, Cynthia, Cynthia, cubbins the notes for her are ford so i'm guessing that's the type of car she drives <laughs> virgo vegetarian like skiing all lights out there you go <laughs> yeah. that's all you need to know
1: it's unclear whether these are notes for him or notes about her
2: i i so i only wrote one of them down but now i'm wondering because we know something uh, after we've seen the show we know part of what he's doing here. And I'm wondering if oh, mm-hmm. if some of these things like all lights out or something like that is a cue for something. Hmm. Because honestly, when I first read it, I thought he was just saying she's not a very smart person. Right. Like like there's no lights on. Oh,
1: I read that as she likes to have the lights off for
2: oh yes activities you're probably much closer to the truth (laughs) uh yeah i'm i'm going with you your your theory is far better than anything (laughs) i've brought up so we're going with that
1: but some of these could be yeah the uh could could be subjects of his hustle yeah yeah as we learn later in addition to this jim finds there's a bunch of like pictures of women in this desk drawer as well And then he finds a check, a payroll check that has been made out to Sean Ennis from a Cy Margulies and Associates. Mm -hmm. For three grand. Like, oof. (laughs) It's a serious, serious paycheck. So we cut from there to a helicopter tour of mansions in (laughs) Bel Air.
2: (laughs) This is wonderful. This whole exchange, uh, I really enjoyed. And uh, it's interesting because... the character is there for this whole exchange, and then later on, he's in it. Mm-hmm. And I think if this exchange had not been as long as it was, I wouldn't have remembered who he was at all. Like, I, I think it, mm. you know, he's he's vital to the plot, but he doesn't. Um, I don't think he shows up again until they're all gathered at the end.
1: Yeah. So this is uh, Cy Margulies. Mm-hmm. Um, he is played by Robert Alda, the father of. Alan Alda. Oh, okay. I was wondering. (laughs) Yeah, this is a, this is a long scene with lots of really good banter that I was like, I should be writing some of this down. And then (laughs) it's really fun to watch, but most of it doesn't really matter. It's mostly like, like, you know, character dynamic stuff.
2: The main thing is, is that this guy is overblown, right? There's no reason for him to be taking Jim in a helicopter, to look at some uh, so Jim's undercover as Mr. Lamont.
1: Jim's story here is that he's he is acting on behalf of an unnamed famous person to buy right. a fancy house and Margulies and Associates sells fancy houses. That's that's his business. So the helicopter tour is kind of a let me impress this potential client mm-hmm. with you know just the highest end service kind of thing.
2: Yeah. There's some name dropping. There's a
1: lot of name dropping. And like he, he, he talks about the construction of a house and Jim replies with some facts and figures about who actually built it or whatever. And there's, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Cause he says, you've researched the plot plans down at the department of building and safety. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I bet he did. I Mm -hmm. bet Jim did exactly that.
2: Uh, That is a Jim move,
1: (laughs) but he says he likes an informed client. And, uh, and that's why he likes to do the helicopter because it gives the big view before getting into the noise and specifics of a particular (laughs) home. And Jim has a, really? I thought the chopper might be an affectation.
2: (laughs) good
1: stuff. We we go into the walking tour of this property, where he says that he understands Jim's uh, need for discretion, and he starts dropping yeah. the names of cel- celebrities he sold homes to.
2: Very discreet.
1: So, uh, Margulies is trying to ride this line where he wants to impress this person. He wants to impress mm-hmm. this potential client with all the famous people he's dealt with. But he also wants to show, I don't know, it's a weird combination of, like, he's thirsty, right? He wants this yeah. sale. Yeah. And so he's he's trying to impress him with this name dropping, and then what Jim does is he starts implying that there's an even bigger, yeah, you know, a more important person that he's there on behalf of.
0: Oh, just an example, just an example. Charo, Greg, and Sherry, when they were still together, uh, Ringo Starr, Liza, Barbara, <laughs> all major, major people. No offense, Mister Margulies, but there are names, and there are names. <laughs> Not really. I'm sorry, uh, but I can't really tell you who I'm working for. Oh, absolutely. I only wanted you to know.
1: It's pretty good status stuff. Jim uh, finally drops the name. Sean Innes says, like, you know, my friend Sean Innes, I think he works for you. He's the one who put me onto this property because they're looking at like, yeah. a particular like mansion, right? That apparently is on the market for 3.5 mil. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, Margulies says, uh, he's a nice man. I know him socially, but he doesn't work for me. And Jim's like, huh. <laughs> Strange how I could have misunderstood that he, he. I like this. I saw a payroll, you know, a payroll check. He he had it at a poker game. Yeah, you know, by like he put his check <laughs> out for the put po- or something. Like a real real reach. Yeah, he's like, no, the must be under you must be mistaken. Uh, then there's more banter, and Jim finally drops uh, okay, that he likes the 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 place. It's big enough for a security detail, and the two children want to be in California, especially Caroline. <laughs>
0: Are we talking here about Jacqueline Kennedy on No, I didn't say that, and you'd do well not to repeat anything you've heard here today. Absolutely. It's like you said, uh, you've dealt with the very, very famous. It's no big deal. Absolutely. I don't think I'd be speaking out of school if I said to you that those names I mentioned before are just chicken liver. (laughs) You want to show business fame? Forget it. I mean, I think that you, I mean she could trust me implicitly. (laughs)
1: we uh cut from there to jim coming home and then a fist just dropping
2: out of the frame
1: onto the back (laughs) of his neck
2: now i mean we all know that that's in play when jim comes home Mm -hmm. but specifically jim had been abducted from home and fled from his abductees abductors sorry his abductors uh why is he returning home (laughs) like Why doesn't he hang out at Rockies or find some other, knowing that he's heading home. I'm like, Jim, this is a bad idea. Like this is just, a. it turns out it's not a bad idea for the reasons I was suspicious of, but it's still, still a bad idea.
1: He's, I think, you know, he's going home because otherwise, how can we architect the, this particular, (laughs) um, this particular flourish of, of confrontation. Mm -hmm. We now have a hell of a goon. (laughs) Yes. Not only is he wearing a dirty jean jacket with a big patch that says Ludes. apparently <laughs> his name is Ludes, and he is credited as Ludes, Ludes in the credits. Oh my gosh. He is, um, this guy is played by Richard Maul.
2: the dungeon master of the classic 1980s film, the dungeon master. But most audi- audiences in that day would remember him as bull from night court.
1: Huh, he was also the voice of two face and, in- the batman animated series
2: yeah he's been in a lot of things yeah he's Uh, done a lot
1: of voice work um this is a a young spry (laughs) richard maul i don't know he's great this is this is this is an all-time goon ludes all-time goon he so he gets to drop on jim he's probably (laughs) i mean he's taller than james garner oh yeah yeah he's huge
2: wait Let's check this because IMDB will tell us <laughs> that he's like seven feet tall or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm over exaggerating there, but like, uh, how tall is Richard Mall? All right. I'm coming up with six foot eight. Yeah, that's, he was six feet tall by the age of 12.
1: And Gar- Garner's six three. So, you know, yeah. a big man. Six eight is enormous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. So he's towering over Jim, which is wild. Um, He pulls out a gun and says, hey, look at this. I found a 38 in your cookie jar. Jim hopes he didn't didn't spoil his appetite or something like that, which is very good.
2: I like I like that he was in there long enough to find the 38 in the cookie jar, Mm -hmm. but probably he just was going for cookie.
1: He's probably hungry. Um, He wants to know why Jim is looking for Sean in this. Jim starts spinning out some story about some some client and he says I don't like how you're stalling and he throws him <laughs> across the room uh, which legitimately looks pretty sore like uh, Jim yeah. <laughs> is like clutching his arm and it's, it's like okay okay I'm, you know I'll tell you I'll tell you what's going on and it seems like he's in pain but so he, gets thrown into like the chair that's kind of in the corner with the little book rack divider between yeah. that room and the and the kitchen as he is uh stammering out some uh you know how he's going to tell everything he reaches underneath the chair to where a bottle of champagne has <laughs> rolled under there when he when he fell into the the wall so he keeps babbling and then he comes up and he shoots that cork
2: out right into the <laughs> eye of Ludes. Got to keep a bottle of champagne on hand just in case, just in case a six foot eight Ludes shows up.
1: <laughs> all right. So two things. Mm-hmm. First of all, I was like, Jim's done this before. And then I was like, am I remembering the 20 a day episode we did w- that starts with, um, uh, the James Bond, like, Oh, yes. And he <laughs> yes. corks a guy in the eye. Uh,
2: I think you're absolutely right.
1: So I'm definitely remembering that. But now I'm searching my notes. I really feel like I've I've seen Jim do this. But maybe I'm just remembering this episode from the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe if someone uh, can do the legwork and, and remind me of an earlier episode where he does this. Maybe he like sprays like sprays champagne at someone or something like
2: that That seems very likely. Some, some sort of carbonated beverage. He absolutely isn't.
1: Anyway, it's great. It's a great, it's a great moment. The choreography is really good. He tackles, Ludes, gets the better of them with a gut punch. Mm hmm. You know, gets a knee in his back and drives him down into a chair, and and has yeah. control. He seems out of breath, and I really feel like this was a real, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're doing it in this take. Yes, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's good. The guy's like, I'm not going to tell you nothing, and so he starts saying the the potential headlines here. You know, uh, yes, Malibu resident defends from home invasion, eight foot picnic ham shot and killed while breaking <laughs> and
2: entering illegally. Such a good line.
1: Um, he's like, okay. Sean sent him. Uh, he wants to know why. He wants to know why you're looking for him. Um, he spills the location where Sean's hiding out. This address in Bel Air. And Jim's like, okay, you're going to be a guest of the county for the night. <laughs> and there's a wonderful final
0: exchange. I'll Get you for this dude. I swear, man. I promise with my last breath, you're going to wish you never see me. Because I'm going to see a lawyer about this cork in the eye thing. And you're going to be looking at one hell of a personal injury suit. <laughs> so good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a great little variation yeah. on the the typical threat. <laughs> yeah. It's not that he's going to get him or kill him or whatever. No. I'm going to get a lawyer for this cork in the eye thing. By this point,
2: season five, he is... He's going to like, Jim's going to lose money on this. (laughs) this. We just know that's how his luck goes with this kind of stuff.
1: I'm sending you the screenshot. That is the then the freeze frame that this scene ends on to to go to commercial.
2: So good. (laughs) So good.
1: Oh, which manages to get Jim smiling as well as (laughs) Lude's
2: um, staring eye oh it's so yeah funny. As, as you said 100 percent all-time goon here richard mall
1: yeah oh man so this is the first of a couple times where a scene ends on a freeze frame to go to commercial yeah which, again is kind of weird
2: uh yeah you can really feel the commercial breaks in this particular episode uh because of those free frame, yeah. Freeze frames yeah i don't know
1: I and i don't know what's up with that if that's like an editing thing like for some reason like there wasn't a clean break in the filming or something i don't know yeah because it's not in everyone; it's just some of them.
2: It could even be like a um, a uh, prepare for DVD thing where the other ones got you know yeah maybe cut out, but I doubt it. I I think it's just some some production thing. Maybe
1: it's hard to yeah. hard to say. Well, we come back from that commercial with uh, Jim going to this fancy house. Uh, he passes some fancy cars.
2: Got a fetching bag with him,
1: and when he rings the doorbell, a woman all wrapped up in a in like a <laughs> like a sheet answers she is not ready for the day yet he asks if sean is in he says that sean called him to bring him some books and things and like has the bag that's his little cover and he apologizes for getting her out of bed um and she says i noted this because i was like this is a weird thing to say but i guess this flows into the the ending of the scene she says there's precious little reason to stay in bed around here
2: <laughs> yes i i wrote it down too because i was like Like, what does that
1: even mean? I I
2: thought they're trying to hint at the opposite. Right,
1: right. But yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So we finally meet uh, Sean Innes. He's played by Richard Romanis, who has appeared in other um, David Chase stuff. He he had a character in some of the Sopranos episodes. Uh, He was a voice in Wizards and in Heavy Metal. Mm. He was in one of the Rockford movies. He was... uh, in a blessing in disguise. I don't remember which role that was, but
2: yeah. He was in that movie. Yeah, I can't say that I remember his uh, voice. Oh, he was Weehawk in Wizards. Interesting.
1: Yeah, this is his only uh, Rockford Files appearance. He is lounging poolside. He has a bandage on his nose.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Um, they, they both, in kind of passing, are calling for the maid Angelina to like do things. And so he's calling and he's saying he's speaking in Spanish uh, for Angelina to something. And he says that he wants waters so it's something agua. Mm-hmm. And then Jim comes up behind him and then just splashes pool water on him <laughs> to get his attention. He jumps up and Jim ends up grabbing him by his necklace. Like he has like a gold chain necklace. So yes, <laughs> it's a good look. Uh, he's very tan and fit. It is a good <laughs> image where Jim is holding onto his gold chain around his neck in order to... Yeah, leading
2: him around the by the pool. Yeah.
1: He says, I just wanted to know why you were looking for me. I wasn't trying to get in your space. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm sorry I sent lewds after you. So I just like, <laughs> that's, that's the guy's name, apparently. So plot wise, Sean wants to know why uh, Jim was looking for him. It's a little confused because he's lying to Jim Mm -hmm. in in some regard, at least. Yeah. He's like, I also want to know what's going on with I think he calls it the Arab problem, which is that they happened to him first, burst into his place. He describes how one of the guys balled up his fist and punched him right in the nose. Um, Mm -hmm. But he managed to run out and get away from them. And he's holed up here with this. uh, This woman's name is Miriam with Miriam. Uh, Jim wants to know, what's the deal? You, you know, you hired me to find this woman, Kedra Aziz. Clearly there's more to it, what's going on. He said that he met her at a tennis club where she was the housekeeper. They got close, closer than he thought they would.
0: Are you telling me that you fell in love with a housekeeper? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, love. I mean, uh, I can't deal with that. Why the story about Kedra ripping you off, huh? Well, Well, as, as, as our feelings intensified, she became frightened. I guess the honesty got to be too much. She took off, and I was afraid that you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to track her down. You know, I mean, if you knew that she took off on her own. And how right you were.
1: <laughs> Jim says that this is why he does not involve himself in domestic cases. Mm-hmm. We also observe as he, as Angelina comes in with some groceries. Sean kind of sweet talks her, asks her for some, you know, some breakfast. And then Miriam comes in. She is now dressed. But then she comes in and dresses Sean down for laying around ordering (laughs) breakfast. What do you think this is a hotel? And just lays into him and then kicks him out. You can't stay here. Pack your bags. Get out. He tries to like plead. He says he's not feeling well. And she says, after two nights of staying with you, I'm not feeling well either. We get the sense that this is not his. This is not how he generally expects to be treated by women of his acquaintance. Jim comes in with a, you can leave with me. (laughs) He again tries to beg off saying that he doesn't feel well. And Jim says, I'm tired of being in trouble because of you. You go pack or I'll unpack your nose.
2: (laughs) It's a good line. We're going to see and hear more about uh, Sean's various ailments throughout Mm -hmm. it's a great character trait like he's (laughs) he's he medicalizes like everything right that and like there's this clear through line with the astrology stuff with like the way he talks there's like a line in there where he's like i don't blame you for wanting to get to your anger you know like it's very uh new wavy
1: he uses this language of um i guess now we'd say he uses like the language of therapy i think at the time like the language of like psychotherapy yeah where he's always describing things but never actually talking about them, right? Yes. (laughs) And he's kind of self-aware about that. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like this is a kind of tension that I've seen where it's like, if I just talk about the thing, that's like dealing with it. Right. (laughs) And again, we get more of this in the next couple scenes. But uh, yeah, we, we get the picture that, you know he's a womanizer he generally gets on well with women it was surprising to him that he got closer to this woman Kedra than he usually does right mm-hmm. also jim says something like like you fell in love with a housekeeper or something like that mm-hmm. there's a little nuance here that i think makes more sense with later learning more about Sean later where it's like he us- you know he's generally hanging out with with wealthy women yes and so there's a little bit of like that doesn't ring true to jim <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and it turns out it is awesome. it is not true but uh that little detail sticks out to me now just after going through it we are going to take a little break in the middle of our episode here so that we can stretch maybe get a beverage or a snack and talk about the other places that you can find us on the internet. Epi, if our listeners want more Epi, where can they go to get maximum Epi?
2: You can find uh, me at my website, dig1, That's dig That's dig1,0,0,0holes.com. Or you can get my Sword and Sorcery Fiction and Games at worldswithoutmaster.com. That's worlds, plural, master, singular. If you want to engage with me on the social medias, the best place to go right now is Mastodon at Epidia at Dice.Camp. Nathan, if they want to get Maximum Nathan, where do they have to go for that? I should have gone Maximum Nathan.
1: Maximum Nathan can be found at my website ndpdesign.com That's the hub for all my stuff on the internet including all my uh, role-playing games, zines, and other podcasts. Uh, So if you're interested in pro wrestling detectives Mm -hmm. or zines about pro wrestling (laughs) among other things, um, those are all at my website. It also has links to contact me in other ways. Currently I'm still um, posting on Instagram at ndpeoleta. That's where I'm posting pictures of my dog. Uh, you can also find me at co-host, co slash NDP. That is a fun, small-scale social media site that I'm enjoying quite a lot.
2: And now we return to the continuing adventures of Jimbo Rockfish.
1: We go to them in the Firebird. Sean is is explaining, he's explaining to Jim that... This, this thing with Miriam, she only kicked him out because of his physical depletion, because of all of the trauma right. he's been through recently. <laughs> and he says, it's never happened before, and it's never going to happen again. <laughs> and I guess so. now that makes sense with the, with the line. Uh, yeah, there's no reason to stay in bed. Womp womp. Jim asks, how many w- women with money he has on the hook? Mm-hmm. And Sean, you make it sound so mechanical. I answer, basic human needs, caring, affection. <laughs> so again, there's a lot here where we kind of, Hear Sean using this language of of this kind of like self analysis language. This is what I was talking about. This Chasian neurotic yes. uh, foil.
2: There's a great line uh, that he has where Jim is telling him that he's clearly afraid of what's happening, and the stress of that might be affecting his his performance. And he responds with emotion has never affected my performance, (laughs) which that's just like gets right to the character. Right. Like, yep, that's good.
1: At some point in here, we learn that one of the uh, one of the Arabs that they've encountered is Kedra's brother. Like in passing, I, I noted it. And then I was like, I'm not quite sure which one they're talking about. But they're going to the place that she theoretically works, uh, as Sean mm-hmm. says, and they pull up to the mansion that Jim toured <laughs> with uh, the Margulies. Jim says, and I love this.
0: So my coincidence meter is redlined, and you got sweat on the top of your lip. Why did Margulies deny you worked for him? Well, well, I, oh, uh, I think it's all going to come out the wash anyway, and soon.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: I don't need you to lie to me about this again. Let's just go in. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fantastic. This is also clearly not a tennis club. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, go from there. Uh, So they go into this, this house, there's some ominous framing and no score. So we know that something is, has happened in here. There's like, there's like a broken spot on a door and then they open the door and it's broken because there's an arrow that has shot <laughs> into the door from the backside. So that is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go in, kind of look through the space and we see Sean see something. There's some feet on the ground behind a, a, a table. They come around and there is a dead man on the floor, uh, some stuff falling on top of him. There's another arrow that I think he's either holding or is on top of him. Mm-hmm. Jim checks. There's blood on the back of his head. We see a shot of him seeing a framed picture of a woman, presumably Kedra, on the table. Um, And then Jim goes to call the police. Uh, there's a bit from the preview montage here where Sean says, that's just going to get us in deeper.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Was it accessory after the fact? Jim was like, "Not reporting this is going to get us in deeper."
1: While he's giving Becker the fo- the address on the phone, Sean picks up some kind of box, <laughs> sneaks up behind him, whacks him in the back of the head, and we freeze frame on that and do our commercial.
2: There was just a nice moment of acting when the or voiceover, I don't know when the just before the body is found. I'm oh, sorry, the body is found, but the camera hasn't found it. We get Sean.
1: Oh, yeah, his reaction is really good.
2: Yeah, it's very real. It's just like, oh, I think it's particularly good for this character because this character has been putting on an act for us the whole time. Mm. And this feels like a good, like, actual emotion moment.
1: Uh, we cut to, or we come back from commercial to mm-hmm. the cops on the scene and just a great outfit. Just a great outfit on Becker. Oh, yeah. Which I shared with you. Uh,
2: uh, that man just never has anything but like the most beleaguered face. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, oh, so good. Oh, this opening bit about what department handles the arrow.
1: Oh, it's, oh, it's so good. Okay, so Becker's <laughs> there, and then he's clearly been—you know—he's he's been on the scene, and then Chapman
0: arrives.
1: Mm and he sees the he sees the arrow and asks becker who handles this ballistics or forensics
2: <laughs>
1: and becker says well i was just talking to to ballistics and you know they want someone to make a call about that yeah <laughs> Chapman's like uh. um all right so we find out that the victim this dead man is mohammed faroud aziz a mm. sheik from the arab democratic republic And husband to Kedra. Yes. We then have two, like, fully uniformed guys come in, uh, asking who's in charge. Chapman sees them and goes, Deputy Chief Gorman? So apparently (laughs) the Deputy Chief has come on the scene in in full uniform. Uh, There's a great moment where Chapman's like, Deputy Chief. He's like, ah, Lieutenant, what's happened here? And Chapman (laughs) kind of, like, stumbles through, like... Well, this man is dead. Uh, <laughs> Becker can give you all the hard information. <laughs> yes. And then Becker just just like bullet points, like boom, boom, boom. This is all yeah. the things that happened, which is, uh, I love it.
2: It's a very good, it's just lush Chapman moment here. Mm-hmm. All of it, all of it. He's,
1: he storms into the scene, tries to throw his weight around, doesn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately gets status dropped by by Becker being the one who actually knows what's going on. We get the detail that the weapon that killed Aziz was a glass swordfish figurine, which I just... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lovely little little detail. Rockfordishness there. So the situation is that the Azizes have been going through a divorce. And I think this was also mentioned by Cy Margulies when they did the tour. He was like, this this is going on the market because the couple's getting a divorce or something like that. Mm -hmm. There were no servants in the house uh, yesterday. Um, They don't know where... The wife is. He's been dead since at least midnight. The deputy chief asks, who found the body? Jim (laughs) is there. He starts talking.
0: Thank you, Mr. Rockwood. I'll fill the chief in. Uh, He's interested in this case uh, primarily because of the... uh... Doug, let him finish. Well, the fact is I was working on a case involving the dead man's wife, Kedra Aziz. I was kidnapped. I reported it, but at the time it was just a big yuck. I got no action. Who yuck?
1: And and Jim nods at Chapman and then kind of slightly nods at Becker, (laughs) like on either side of him. Deputy Chief Gorman would like Lieutenant Chapman to put a full report in writing about the whole situation for him, including (laughs) why Jim's report was never reported was never recorded
2: chapman tries for just a short bit to like well you know like explain something away and he just wasn't having it he's like if you're gonna do this write it out for me
1: (laughs) including including why you did not yeah (laughs) you did not take this serious report seriously (sighs) um we go outside there's some bickering between dennis and chapman about what they're going to do next um Chapman says that his job is to solve homicides, and he's going to break this case and nail Sean Innes. And Jim mm-hmm. says, "Well, he ran away in my car, so don't nail him too hard."
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: We go to Jim finding Sean right back at Miriam's.
2: Oh, so
0: good.
1: <laughs> so not too bright, our Sean. I feel mm-hmm. comes up behind him at the pool again.
0: I'm going to do something I've never done before. Usually, I like to talk to a guy first. But with you, I'm going to wrap you right in the mouth. Uh, Now, there, 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 there. Now, maybe I can talk to you without getting all riled up.
1: Uh Sean apologizes, he didn't know what to do, he couldn't let the cops trace him. He says he's at the end of his tether. Mm-hmm. Jim says that the cops think you kill disease, so you're gonna have to come clean about the affair you had with his wife. <laughs> and this gets us to, I really am a fraud, you know, Jim. He's yeah. Just like, Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we get into more he wants to talk about the problems with his emotions, uh, but Jim is more concerned with the problems outside his head. The deal is, and this is after I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you, Jim.
2: Right. <laughs> Good sign.
1: Yeah. When Cy Margulies wants a property to sell and the owners aren't motivated to sell, he'll create a climate of change because that's when people want to move a job or something happens in their relationship. Sean goes in to seduce wives Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he has all attractive female real estate agents that work for him and they're the ones who go after husbands. Yeah. And he's like, and soon enough, it's in divorce court and the house is ready to sell, which is a hell of a grift.
2: Yeah, it is. Woof. He must be making lots.
1: So Jim's like, you know, so everything went according to plan. And he says this was actually atypical. Uh, as he's started, you know, he came here from the old country and he just let loose. He started partying, uh, mm-hmm. got up to his own his own affairs. Um, but his wife. Was filling the traditional role and wouldn't divorce him, even though he was being unfaithful to her. So that's why Sai and Sai wanted to sell that house. So he sent in Sean and then things went as planned, except that Sean started to love Kedra. And then so he told her the truth about why he was there, what he was doing. And that's when she took off.
2: As she should.
1: So she's the only one who can explain the situation and clear Sean, right? So mm-hmm. go put your pants on and let's find her. <laughs> <laughs> Sean wants to know how they're going to do that. Jim's been looking for her and hasn't found her so far. And he says, well, you've been lying to me so far. So yes. <laughs> you know, tell me more about her. The truth. The only people she's really close to were the like the servants in the house. And she was particularly close to her maid. And then Sean says something like, but she wouldn't.
2: Yeah. People like that don't live with their maids. And Jim's like, people like that can't live without them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's some some primo uh, stuff there. So sure enough, they track down the maid, or they go to the maid's house, uh, and sure enough, Kedra is there. Um, before they go in, we have the kind of emotional core of our episode with mm-hmm. Jim and Sean.
0: I mean, she's she's not going to know how to deal with her anger, and I'm not going to know how to deal with the, her inability to deal. And, and neither of us are going to be really be dealing from feelings Just well, skip all that minestrone tell me you're sorry as hell and you feel like a slug
1: he's already pre-analyzing the whole, yes. whole thing. see the problem is he loves her and he can't get his mind around that because love is too big of a thing
0: maybe you're not a slug but I, I don't know you use all those big buzzwords it's just a big cover for any kind of behavior you punch somebody in the stomach, huh? And you can say that you're you're coming from your feelings or, or you're trying to connect with the now, but there's still somebody laying on the sidewalk holding a big hurt.
1: So good, uh, core gym.
2: Moral. It's just cutting to the matter.
1: Yeah. Sure, it matters how you feel, but, it, but what really matters is what you do.
2: Yeah, what happens. Yeah. yeah.
1: She was a princess. That's what attracted Sean to her. She, he's, he's, he's painting a portrait where, like, most of the women that he... Is with, you know, are are also like kind of like party people. And they're all kind of they're all kind of in the same soup of sleazy L.A. Yeah. Uh, Tawdryness. And that Kedra, she was different. She was from a different from a different culture. She was sheltered. She seemed more. in she doesn't say she was seem innocent. But like, that's kind of like she was more of an innocent person. So he acted. He felt like he was acting more uh, chivalrously. These are all words he does not use. But he says, like, we went to the zoo. I spent an afternoon rowing in MacArthur Park like some cornball from East Tree Stump. (laughs) Jim's like, just be straight with her, Sean. And he just goes, "Ah, it's hard.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Mm -hmm. No lies detected.
1: They try to get into the house. The maid tries to close the door on Sean, but Jim (laughs) pushes in. Kedra sees Sean, turns her back on him. Jim encourages him, go talk to her. So he starts off with, like, the psychobabble language. He says something like, I want you to take up your space, get in touch <laughs> with your guts, and give me everything I have coming to me. And that's when <laughs> she turns around and just starts slapping him, which is pretty good. Yes. Jim intervenes, sits them both down on the couch.
2: The, the couch, exquisite. It's a plaid corduroy, or not I had this couch when I was a kid. <laughs> it is, it is, this is the maid's couch. This is not, we've, we've seen a lot of like opulence. Mm-hmm. People who have bows and arrows just hanging around in their den. But this one, this couch is very 70s and very just brown. Just a brown plaid. You can just you can feel how scratchy it is. Anyways, just wanted to put that out there.
1: Is this what you wanted to have in the preview montage? This couch?
2: No, I, I'm trying to figure out where I, I wrote that down. I wish I could remember what it was.
1: Was it opening the door and there was an arrow in it? Because that's what I thought you were.
2: That, I think, might have been it. I may have missed that. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that was not in the preview montage.
1: Because I feel like I would
2: remember. remembered. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where. I don't see it in my notes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the I'll get you for this, dude.
1: Oh, oh, yeah.
2: Having Richard Mall like in an arm lock right. and say, I'll get you for this dude. Yeah. That just felt like a good. You're right. Although yeah. the arrow absolutely should have been in as well.
1: <laughs> all right. So Kedra says there's going to be no more trouble. Two days ago, she talked to Aziz and they, they figured out between the two of them that they have been tricked by Cy Margulies mm-hmm. and Sean. He was so angry and that's all she knows. Um, Jim asks if that's her family staying at the hotel. She nods. So uh, Talib is her dad. And the younger guys is her brother. And then I guess the other guys are her uncles or something. And that's when the door bursts in. Our goons enter, uh, <laughs> waving our, well, our, our, our heavy goon enters waving his gun. And then her brother comes in mm-hmm. the family council is convening. They all have to be there. sai was already picked up. Mm-hmm. Now everybody will go outside and get into the white car.
2: All right. Oh, so this right. next part,
1: this next part. Oh boy. Oh boy. What to say? Okay, so I guess the establishing shot is like a construction site. So I guess they're in some mm-hmm. building that's being built, like some storefront that's being built or something. It is set up kind of like a courtroom. There's like a table with all of her family sitting behind it. Mm-hmm. There's presumably a Quran or something sitting in the middle of it, like on a book stand. Yeah. Jim, Sai Margulies, and... Sean are sitting in chairs, and then Kedra is in, like, a chair in the middle, like, facing the panel. Um, I don't know, man.
2: Uh, yeah, so let's let's do the uh, 2,000 feet aerial view or whatever. Yeah,
1: so the family of Mohammed Aziz has demanded satisfaction for her infidelity. Mm-hmm. And so her family is convening this council to determine whether she's guilty of that or not.
2: They would like her to say that she is ill, maybe mentally ill in some way. Mm-hmm. This would be the excuse so that they don't have to. This is an honor killing. Like this is this is what yeah. what the the story is about. And uh, she doesn't. She definitely is like it's ridiculous that you're going to that you would. Consider going through with an honor killing. Uh, they don't use the the words, but like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, he was cheating on me. So she refuses to play along in a way that would get her out of it. Right. But also just refuses to play along, which seems to be bad news for everyone involved. We do get some Rockford moralizing in it, which yeah. normally I very much enjoy. And I don't necessarily disagree with him. But again, not in a position to say... <laughs> yeah anything about uh you know this but uh the one thing that holds true about this is that towards the end they're like okay now we can't can't kill her here we have to do the honor of taking her back to the home country to kill her or something like that
1: Mm. she must be dealt with in her home not this foreign country
2: yeah exactly and jim's like you mean not here in this country where they're going to haul you in for murder one, right. right? Like he just, he's like, you're doing this very secretively. We're, you know, and you're taking the witnesses with you. You know, you're not doing a right, the right thing. Yeah. So they shuffle them out and head towards the airport. They go yep. into the airplane, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Those are all the high points. There's, yeah. They So they don't say like, this is an honor killing, but what they, they say that the, punishment is and that's in the preview montage the punishment is death and she Mm -hmm. says well then i'm already dead like but that but that's in context of like sean don't lie for me yeah i'm not gonna pretend that i didn't do the things i did she says that she loves sean right which is yeah okay sure
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love the idea of sean
1: yeah (laughs) the other thing so we do find out you know who actually killed Aziz? right yes yes <laughs> because so so I is there he tries to get out of it by saying look we're all businessmen this could be the beginning of something yeah. i like i have all these opportunities for like great property <laughs> you know um which they're not really buying um so jim has the theory that in his professional opinion aziz was you know learn what happened was angry called sai over to have it out with him and was planning to mm-hmm. kill him with his, with his archery, apparently
0: Arrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to kill him with his arrows, but things didn't go his way. There was an argument, you know, there was a fight and side yeah. breaks and says, you know, I didn't mean to kill him. There's no negotiating with him. He was too angry. And he says like, and I grabbed the figurine and, <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that swordfish figurine but that's not what they're there for so like we find like that satisfies our the narrative like so we mm-hmm. actually know what happened
2: yeah that, that mystery is solved we also get that her brother is not in like is right. not for this her brother is is a more uh westernized Yeah. Person so he he's he doesn't want this to happen, although he's being dragged along with it. Yeah with the situation.
1: They end up voting and so it's like four to one and he's the one who votes against. Um Jim's moralizing is to the tune of families are supposed to support each other when they make mistakes. Yeah. Um and he this is where he says, like, I know this is your culture, but you're here now. Right. Um so yeah, those are kind of all the all the high points. Um yeah, it's, uh, it is the dramatic heart of the episode. It's, uh, I
2: don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> we cut to the airport. Um, yes. <laughs> they're,
2: they're they're all
1: boarding the private plane.
2: Here we get a preview of how this is going to untangle, right? Yes. Uh Because the, uh, is it Talib? Is that mm-hmm. the, his angina acts up? Yeah. Uh, you know, we mentioned early on he was laying down when he, Met with Rockford at the very beginning of the episode, Uh, he has to lay down again once they're on the private jet because he can't. uh, His his heart.
1: Yeah, he's having a fit. Yeah. Um. Everyone's rushing, so everyone immediately focuses on him, right? Because he's like Mm -hmm. the patriarch. Yeah. Uh, They're getting him water for his pills, and Jim sees a bottle of spray air freshener in the little Mm -hmm. like uh kitchen nook. So when everyone's back is turned, he puts it in the microwave. Yes. (laughs) Classic. We then have him murmuring a plan to Sean. (laughs) When you hear a noise, grab Kedra, head for the exit. Don't ask questions. There's a great visual bit where they're all like the plane's taxiing. We're hearing the chatter with the like ground control being like Mm -hmm. telling them to, you know, they're waiting for another plane to take off or whatever. There's this great visual moment where I think it's Jim, Sean, Kedra, and then her brother. I like, think so, yeah. Or oh, and size So it's like Kim, Kim, Sean, sai Kedra, her brother. And Sean starts buckling his seatbelt. Jim nudges him and holds his hands apart, like, don't buckle your seatbelt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then
1: everyone else kind of looks and sees that and they all slowly disengage or don't yeah. <laughs> buckle their seatbelts all one by one. Yeah. The the staging is really good. We have dramatic shots of the air fresheners slowly revolving in the microwave. Mm-hmm. Um the camera then goes down the line the other way, kind of doing kind of like close-ups of each of them as mm-hmm. we're listening to the the chatter on the radio. We pass Jim, and then microwave explodes! Sean starts yelling fire. The curtain to that nook is in fact on fire. Then we yeah. have our confusing rush of action. Uh, they all run to the front of the plane They're on a plane, so the door is high.
2: (laughs) Yes. At this moment, I was like, whoa, didn't think this went through. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 Kedra goes out first. It's a little unclear. I think Sean pushes her.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, like, throws her or something. Yeah.
1: And she clearly hurts her leg when she lands. The others, everyone else jumps out. We hear sirens. Uh, Our main goon, our heavy goon, leans out, starts taking pot shots. uh, And then... Her brother jumps up behind that goon, gives him the double ax handle to the back of the head. Yeah. He falls out. Oh, the brother good. runs back in and is with Talib, his father, as he starts gasping for air. And mm-hmm. then the camera sticks with the two of them as he dies, I guess. Yeah. Very conveniently. As he conveniently expires.
2: Yeah. Hands the, uh, head of the family, the mantle of the head of the Mm -hmm. family over to the one person who didn't vote to kill Kendra. So that's good.
1: And we see like, you know, grief on his son's face. Like, you know, pretty, uh, it's not played for laughs, no, but it is a, strong counterpoint to the action of the scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then it goes into triumphant music. So it's like, yes. <laughs> we have that moment and then we go to the triumphant music as we see uh Psy getting taken away in a cop car. Um, so it's Kedra and Sean standing outside that mansion. She's holding a cane. Cause I guess she hurt her leg mm-hmm. and, and Jim is talking to them. Sean says it's ironic. Sai talked to me about a logo for his company once, a bow and arrow. <laughs> what does that have to do with real estate? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's very funny. I like that exchange. And here we go. The, the pure, the pure Rockfordishness of our ending is yes. uh, very, very strong. Sean offers Jim a check. Jim tries to turn it down.
0: <laughs> Forget it. Let's just let it slip into history, huh? as long as we all still have our own teeth. No, please take it. It's my money. And you can see I very well can afford it. Well, what's the point in having teeth unless you can buy something nice to chew on?
1: And we zoom in to see it, and it's for $125. (laughs) (laughs) And a great Jim uh, disbelieving chuckle and rictus grin as he goes.
0: (laughs) I, I don't know what to say
2: freeze frame.
0: End of episode. I
2: think there's a really good joke in that number. Like the, the number is great because it's less than how much you'd even charge for a day, right? Right. But the bill from earlier was seven twenty-five. Was that what it was? That's three days of work and then expenses.
1: Oh no, sorry, it's seven fifteen.
2: Oh, never mind then. If it was if it was seven twenty-five, it would have been three days of work plus expenses. So you would have gotten paid for just the expenses. And or that's it. but he's
1: getting paid ten dollars more. That's his bonus. Yeah,
2: he, yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I, I mean, I love a good. I love a good. Let's rip off Rockford joke. Uh, and this one in particular, just a good close up with the check. He did not make out all right.
1: Yeah, it's very good. Uh, so yeah, three day affair with thirty day escrow. I guess the the name makes sense now. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe our story covers three days of storytelling and uh 30 day escrow being a real estate thing i don't know you've bought a house you know about escrow oh Um, yeah i mean i don't
2: (laughs) yeah uh uh, that's where the something (laughs) so your money's all put together and it just sits there waiting for the deal to go through yeah uh so that everyone knows that uh the money is there uh i don't think it particularly relates to anything other than real estate. Yeah, it's real estate, and it kind of fits the yeah. the uh, feel of the the first part of it, and uh, it just has a nice poetry to it, nice symmetry. It was a, it was a fun episode. I mean, like obviously there we had our warnings and whatnot, uh, and I, I would have preferred they didn't tackle the topic, <laughs> but the scam right the yeah. this, the the real estate agent who is. Breaking Picking up marriages, very wealthy targets and breaking the marriages so they could sell their yeah. their properties over and over again is a very Rockford thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, this could have been done a number of different ways that all had the same like the Sean getting mixed up with the wrong woman and then yeah. it all falling out, you know, like it could be a mob situation or whatever. But that aside, I think, like, he was well shot, well acted.
1: All time great goon. Ludes. Yeah.
2: Oh, top God, of our goon
1: rankings. <laughs>
2: not not a whole lot of stuff for the core cast. That's not, you don't need that for a Rockford. But uh, there's some good Dennis stuff. Good, good Chapman, Chapman stuff.
1: Yeah. It's like, we haven't seen Chapman in a while. So good good Chapman and good Chapman being undercut, which is always a delight.
2: For a brief moment, I thought Cy Margulies was named Margolin.
1: Uh-huh yeah,
2: <laughs> I thought it was like a, a I'm pretty sure um, I
1: probably accidentally said that at least once during the um yeah
2: uh, during the episode tribute to angel mm-hmm.
1: we didn't mention it at the beginning, but I kind of appreciated not that it had anything to do with the episode, but the uh the answering machine message was very rock pretty where mm-hmm. the plumber can't come yet. he's gonna so use the bathroom at the restaurant for another night. Um <laughs> I just feel like that's probably a problem that comes up fairly often for Jim. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah so like you said, this does have a good um that good element of the competing interests, and mm-hmm. they're not really being a particular they're not being a solution that's gonna make everyone happy, yeah, uh, and we do end up with two deaths, so <laughs> There's <laughs> that I don't I mean, I guess so I think you captured it. I was gonna say, I'm not really sure why uh Talib had to die, but I guess you. You, you, yeah. you said how it, you know it's kind of passing the patriarch mantle onto the westernized son, and that's kind of the thematic meaning there.
2: Then um, uh, Kendra is no longer in danger, right? Yeah, that ends it. That brings it to an end.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a yeah, that's kind of a strong marker as opposed to like him having a change of heart or being yeah like <laughs> why am I doing this? I my my daughter matters more than this shame that our family bears or whatever Yeah, which could have been fine if that's how it went but it is not how it went um yeah one of those where it's like a lot of the moments are great a lot of the rock mm-hmm. tradition is is stellar the overall story is kind of not my favorite so you know
2: we're yep. gonna do <laughs> this is our penultimate ivan dixon episode it is yep oh wait does he do he doesn't do the um any of the movies right
1: no, I don't. I no, don't we're so.
2: rapping on him next time then. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Let me let me double check as so we have our list. Yep. So our next episode will be our our wrap on Ivan Dixon. Um. Yeah. So maybe we'll see if we have anything anything to say in summary there. Uh, yeah. like the helicopter in this one, that was fun.
2: Yeah, that was fun. It was out of the blue, uh, and ostentatious, and it, I love that Jim comments on it.
1: Yeah. Champagne cork in the eye, exploding mm-hmm. air freshener in the microwave.
2: Good, Great, great moments. Good stuff.
1: All right. Well, I think that's
2: uh, a good. We've earned our 125.
1: Yeah, we've, <laughs> I think we've earned our 125 for this one. I think this one ends up, we're going to end up a little on the shorter side. Not only did I feel like I didn't take as many notes as I usually do, we also kind of have a, a time, a hard time out. So we need to mm-hmm. finish up to make sure Epi can continue on with his day.
2: Yeah Who needs them?
1: It is what it is. Uh, You know, it's still The Rockford Files. Guess what? Mm -hmm. It's a good show, everybody.
2: Yes. (laughs) That's going to be our our conclusion at the end of all this, Mm -hmm. right? It was good. We enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's what. Good show. Worth watching. Yeah. And because it is worth watching, we will, of course, be back next time to talk about another episode of The Rockford Files. (laughs)